Hello, I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley, and I'm her daughter, Dr. Heidi Horsley. Heidi and I want to welcome you to Open to Hope Conversations, the podcast. We believe that the greatest gift you can give yourself after a loss is hope, using this moment to connect with others who have not only survived, but thrived. So let's get started. Welcome to the Open to Hope Show. I'm your host, Dr. Gloria Horsley, with my daughter and co-host. Dr. Heidi Horsley. Well, Heidi, we're going to have a very important topic to the Open to Hope Foundation because we're going to talk about parent loss and grief. And this is adults losing parents because that's our number one visit, isn't it? You know, it is. And I, I was surprised by it um, because I, di I didn't think parent loss was going to be the number one visit. But then I lost my dad a year and a half ago, as you know, mom, your husband. Um, and I got it because, you know, who are we without our dads and our moms on the earth? I, I ne I've never known my life without my dad. And it's been a real identity shift for me and really a big exploration. So I'm, I'm looking forward to talking to our guests more about this. Mm -hmm. And could you introduce our guest, Hyde? Sure. Our guest is Tanya Pajovic. And Tanya is the author of The Secret Life of Grief, a memoir. She is the winner of the Nautilus Silver Book Award. She is a memoir book coach, and she guides people through their own process. And she is also the recipient of Fulbright and Hemingway Fellowships. Welcome to the show, Tanya. Thanks so much for having me. And thanks so much for everything that you're doing to help support folks who are grieving. You know, they're not adult parent loss groups. I wrote this book because um, when my mom passed away, my children were young and I was trying to figure out I had two young children and I was trying to figure out how to do it. I was trying to figure out how to grieve consciously in a society that doesn't really acknowledge grief, as you all know, right? And um, I had, my dad had died when I was right out of college. I was about 22 and it, it pretty much blew apart my twenties. And from that experience, I knew that I did, I wanted to go about it differently after my mom died. I was 42 when she died and I couldn't find, um, I couldn't find much out there. And, and so I've been a writer for a long time and we writers, if we can't find what we need, then we write it. What would you say to people, adults who have lost a parent in the last couple of years? I think what I would say is just to give yourself permission to grieve and to, um, as much as I can, to normalize um, the pain and the loss and the difficulty of it. Sometimes I think it can catch a lot of us by surprise how difficult it will be to lose a parent. But um, there's so much that comes up, you know, there are a lot around identity, around who you are, who you were, and, and who you might want to be now that your parents are gone. And so that can be a bit of a process. I like the idea of not only, like Tanya said, who we are, but who we want to be. <laughs> and at first, that was a hard one for me because I was like, the best part of my life is over. All the magic is gone. There's mm -hmm. no one, you know, my dad, I always wanted to make him proud. He had very high expectations and, and standards for us. And so I always wanted to make him proud and he's not here anymore, you know, and, you know, all these things. But now that it's been, you know, it's been a year and a half and, and I'm still in grief, but I am now, like you said, Tanya, trying to figure out, okay, who do I want to be now that my dad isn't here? Like, what do I want my next chapter to look like? So mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. It was one of the things that surprised me. Um, mm -hmm. You know, when I wrote my book, I wrote it because I was looking for a way to grieve consciously. Mm 
But what ended up happening was that I realized, oh my gosh, this is such a huge identity shift. And I wasn't prepared for that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you yeah. find it different having your dad die uh, in the twenties and how did not grieving his death fully impact the death of your mom? My parents immigrated from the former Yugoslavia and we have a lot of World War II trauma in my family um, that hadn't been dealt with and that I certainly hadn't dealt with. And so when my father passed, we had had a difficult relationship. And so that, um, because of that, because of that difficult relationship, it really, it really caused me to, um, I did try to grieve, but at that point I didn't have the tools or the knowledge. Um, it took me a while to go into therapy and start to process our relationship and some of the family trauma that had occurred. Um, and, but it, it put me on my path essentially is, is, is the, the short of it. Um, and so then I had, by the time my mom passed, I was 42 and I was just clear that I wanted to meet this um, fate head first, I guess, or face on whatever the phrase is. And I really wanted to be deliberate about it. And partially one of the big reasons for that as well is that my children were really young. And I knew it was really important for me to work through my stuff and to learn how to grieve consciously so that I didn't pass that on to them, you know, and that I could be present and support them. And, and trying to juggle those various pieces was what I was dealing with. That sandwich generation of how do you care for aging parents while your children are still young? And then how do you care for yourself? And, and you know, even if your, your children are older, but you're caring for so many people, and then you need to find a way to care for yourself as well. Mm -hmm. And that is, that is really a challenge. You talk about grieving consciously, Tanya. What does that mean to you? What are some things they can do to grieve consciously? I think one of the most important things is just creating time and space for yourself to be able to feel those feelings and acknowledge those feelings. Um, I have a friend who does a lot of grief work and when her son died, what she did is she would start the day, she's a yoga teacher, so she works with a lot somatically, start the day with having just a set time and space to be able to grieve, mm -hmm. you know, so that she wasn't just pushing down those feelings. Um, so for me, it was late afternoon, I would have to take some time away from everyone and just be able to just kind of go inward. Um, I, as a writer, I've personally found that writing, writing down what I'm uh, going through has been really helpful. Um, I've become more and more interested in somatic, how, how these things get caught in our body and how, you know, we want to move, move the energy through. So another way that I really supported myself and I still do is I love dance. And so, um, dance when my mom was dying and, and afterwards I would go to my dance class religiously because just to have that outlet, you know, to be able to process that through my family. Um, and I, I went back to therapy, right? And so just pulling in as much support um, for me was really important. But also, I mean, so many of the tips that you share in your podcast about, you know, talking about the person who has passed, um, you know, um, having some kind of a small ritual 
to honor a birthday. Society used to have more rituals, particularly as the religious communities have kind of broken up more and, and people are moving around a lot more and that kind of thing. We've lost some of that ritual around uh, death and dying. You know, in the beginning, I, I felt a lot of pressure around my rituals having to be big enough somehow. And, and I really, where I've landed now is the rituals are small. Um, it can be drinking out of my mom's favorite coffee cup. I do that a lot. I love that. You know? I love love, that. It's fun, right? It's just a small, um, or, you know, sometimes it can be making a favorite meal um, or, you know, just talking about um, on holidays in particular. So my children now are, um, I have two teens suddenly. And so they, and they don't remember my mom that much, right? So then it's honoring those stories and her values and, and keeping that connection alive. I think that what came up for me when Tanya was talking was uh, that even if your children didn't know a parent or a sibling or somebody in the family that died, we can still, we can introduce that person to our children through our stories. When my, my children knew their grandfather, because he's only been gone for a year and a half, but they didn't know my brother who would have been their uncle. And so I have made it a big like role in my life and a job in my life as a brief sibling to introduce Scott to my kids. I talk about them, they know him, I share stories about them. So for everybody out there that, that maybe, even if your children didn't know them, I think I love the idea, Tanya, of keeping the memories alive of both your parents, because I know they didn't know your dad, for your children. I think that's really important. Yeah. Well, I think writing a book too, your yes. children will be able to read that as they get older. Memoir personally to me, how is just a really wonderful genre. How we learn is through other people's stories. And so what I have, where I have landed is um, combining my skills as a teacher, as a creative writing teacher with helping other people tell their story so that they can share it with the world. And, you know, some people are writing their story to share with their family. And then other people are writing a story to reach a wider audience. Right. Um, but, you know, when we're working with sometimes challenging material, sometimes it can be really helpful to have support. I have a memoir course that I've created called Memoir Mastery, and it's essentially to help people to teach folks the foundations of how to um, structure their memoir, how to decide which stories to choose, how to shape it. And it, it's also built with a lot around safety and self-care because, because of the pitfalls about writing about challenging material. So my goal is to help people um, complete their story and, you know, craft it so that it's powerfully written, but also to get it out in the world. When you're getting it out in the world, you can also get it out of your system. Yeah. So I'm thinking about what you said about World War II. Yeah. And, you know, these traumatic stories are passed down and we have intergenerational trauma because of them. So going to your workshop and having you coach people through their stories and writing it can also remove it from our bodies and be very therapeutic. Yeah. That's, that's my whole interest the last few years is, is, you know, how do you work with that? Right. And how do you transmute those stories? Because I think, you know, look at everything that your family has done with your experiences. It's, it's opened up so much possibility for so many other folks. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
Yeah, and that's one of the things that's a joy with it is people like you coming on, sharing your stories, giving your information to other people. How do people find you so they can, they can sign up for your course and get your book? Thank you. Um, well, I have a tricky name, but my website is tanyapajevic.com. So T-A-N-J-A-P-A-J-E-V-I-C.com. Well, thank you for being on the show today and for all the great information you've given to people uh, and, and a lot of hope there. And I, good luck with your book. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for all you're doing. Thank you. Thanks, Tanya. And thank you for helping people heal and go through their own journey through writing. Thank you. And thanks everybody for joining us on the show today. And Heidi and I always want to remind you, if you've lost hope, please lean on ours until you find your own and God bless. I'm Dr. Heidi Horsley. You have been listening to Open to Hope, the podcast. You can follow Open to Hope on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. To learn more, visit us at opentohope.com and go to Apple Podcasts to subscribe. I'm Dr. Gloria Horsley. Join us again next week for another Open to Hope conversation where we invite you to lean on our hope until you find your own.